The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast dedicated to fashion, the art of living well, and all things beauty. I'm your host, Dr. Shirley Madare, your purveyor of this definitive source of living your most beautiful life. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Omar Salam, the founder and creative director of the fashion house Sukaina. Welcome, Omar, and thank you for your time. Thank you, Dr. Madare. So, you are of Senegalese descent, you were born in Nice, France. You spent your childhood traveling throughout Europe and were highly influenced by your travels. Yet it was in America that you developed your passion for fashion or your passion for the frock. <laughs> you graduated from the prestigious Parsons School of Design in 2001. You worked under the tutelage of some legendary fashion designers and we'll talk about that later. And in 2012, you established your own fashion house, Sukaina and you named it after your late mother. And the name means bright light. Mm -hmm. Your designs have been worn by fabulous women across the full spectrum, from professional women to celebrities on the red carpet, including Tandy Newton, Naomi Campbell, and Yvonne Orji. Mm. Your designs have been also featured in Vogue, in Essence. I believe one of your dresses showed up in a Jay-Z video. Yes. Yeah, keeping it gutter. In <laughs> L South Africa, in Modern Salon, and also in Forbes. So congratulations to you on all of your success so far in such a short time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So now let me ask you a few questions, and then let's get up all in, up in it. <laughs> and uh, let's find out a little bit more about you. How did you develop your love of fashion? First, thank you for having us. Um, it's such a privilege to be talking to someone that I love that has been not only supportive, but wearing Sukena and looks incredible in it. So Ew. it's a joy to be here. Okay. Um, fashion, it was first a conversation. Uh, I think it happened gradually. My um, infatuation for communication and storytelling started off me wanting to go into screenwriting, which I did go to. Two years down into my program, only to realize that the highest form of communication was not verb, because to have the right to chapter, you must be appointed to it. So I quickly realized that for someone to ask you or to be compelled to wonder what you were about, they will need to ask you. What led to that is what they perceive you to be, or whatever you were wearing that made them question, wonder, and want to confirm or inform that that they were thinking. So two years into my program, I realized that in the art of dressing, we did address, and it was a language whether you spoke it fluently or not. And more and more, I just was fascinated by what made the priest buy the robe, 
be recognized mm. as such. Interesting. What made someone that went into an Ivy League school by the way they were dressed be recognized as such. And as I realized that we actually speak in the way we dress, the manipulation of it started to, 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 to become interesting to me. So this is how fashion came about. That's beautiful. And I'm going to pick up a little bit more on that and as fashion, as communication. So as you mentioned, you originally wanted to become a screenwriter because you believe in the power of words. Absolutely. I do as well. I'm a former English major. And for me, communication is key in every aspect of life. But you then realized, as you mentioned, two years into your screenwriting career, that storytelling may be more compelling through fashion. So is this to say that you believe that your clothing has a language of its own and that we speak to the world about who we think we are or would like to be perceived as and we do that through fashion and the choices we make in clothing? Absolutely. I would even go further. I think that as verb and language answers question, what actually precurs questions and then answer and opens the floor for the conversation to start is the way we look. Um, so to me, fashion precedes few stages prior to the conversation and that's why I think was just more forthcoming and more interesting to go into the fashion side of it which seems quiet because it is not as loud but yet creates the opportunity. I love that. So fashion is an opener to a conversation. It is an icebreaker, if you will, and it serves as a precursor to so many potentially beautiful relationships. Absolutely. I love that. So Speaking of language, the name Sukeina means bright light in Senegalese, correct? Yes. You've said that light, and I quote you, light is what reconciles us with the value of all, and that, quote, without it, all goes missing. Mm -hmm. This seems to mean that fashion may serve to almost level the playing field, and that it's almost like a great unifier, that no matter what you're speaking, and no matter what your clothing says, we are all essentially speaking the same language. Would you agree with that? I would, I would, absolutely, absolutely. Not only would I agree with that, it's also a connector, not of one another, but of one to themselves as well. As fashion, sometimes you are wearing this beautiful Sukena outfit, but just putting on a pair of Nike makes someone more athletic than they've been, even though they haven't started running. Wearing a gown kind of flexes your spine in a certain direction that makes you feel more beautiful. And it is interesting how we are perceived a certain way by what we are wearing, but even physically by just putting a gown on, our body start to emote and move differently. So it is a connector within and um, outward. So, yeah. I'm just going to caution you there, Omar, because you know I'm a plastic surgeon and I'm in the business of changing bodies, so don't be trying to say that clothes, clothes physically change your body, okay? No, I'll let you go a little bit. I'm going to have to stop you right there, so let's change the subject. <laughs> okay, you named your fashion brand after your late mother. Tell me a bit about her and who she was or who she is and how she inspired you. Who she is is this woman that I, though have not gotten the chance to live long enough next to has um, just moved and, 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 and incredibly touched my life in a way that Sukena is somewhat of a love letter to her. Mm. Um, and I somewhat learned from her how being kind, as good as it is, wasn't enough. You needed to develop a vocabulary of kindness and be smart at it. And she knew how to make one rock have ripple effect that 
as it grew, touch more people in a good way. So the whole um, notion of light and creating a situation where women are really connecting to their, what I call their trends, this moment where they feel so unstoppable that that, that they were afraid to do, mm. to say, in a split second they will say, and that is their actual truth and essential truth, um, is something I got from her. Um, she understood that, but she was a woman. I'm not one. So I'm using that and in my own way, just trying to um, express that in my on my platform. Well, based on the designs that I have seen over the past few collections, it is very apparent that you are channeling your mother as a goddess. Mm. And that, that is definitely apparent in your designs and in your clothing. So thank you for that. Thank her for that. We definitely are grateful. So let's talk about another woman and another mentor in your life. You studied and worked with two fashion legends. Yes. So who are they and describe how they influenced you and your designs? Directly, I worked with Madame Riquel, yes. which is, was considered, um, God bless her soul, the queen of knitwear and mm -hmm. have been uh, based in Sept Rue Grenelle in France and right. the shop was at the Saint-Germain. I've learned most of what I know in fashion from her at a practical level, but also at a human level. On my mission statement, you'll read that Madame Riquel, earlier on working at the brand, happens to be around and said to my boss, Laisse Omar jouer, ça devrait rester un jeu. Absolutely. Let him play, it oui. should just remain a game. Oui. And that sentence literally have opened all the gate in my life because all the ones that were there to stop me, to mm. hinder me or create obstacles, from that sentence felt like, well, if Madame Riquel said that, we should just let him. And that led me where I am today. Um, so I, 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 my regards to that period is still at very high esteem. And she was a very, very, and still is a very, very important person in my life. That's wonderful. Yes. It's um, Sometimes we don't always find the mentors. And even if they don't necessarily directly mentor us. They may say one or two things that have a lasting impression on us. And that one statement, as she made to you, I'm, she made many, obviously, but that one in particular, as you mentioned, just completely shifted Absolutely. things for Absolutely. you. And sometimes it's that one pivot point, and we talked about pivoting in another podcast, but it's that one pivot point that can serve as a stepladder or yes. that can serve as a trampoline yes. for you to just jump and not yes. be afraid of what's below. Hence, a little bit earlier what you were saying, the power of words. The power of Who words. Who would know that just that sentence could have such a prevalent but also lasting um, consequence and impression on someone's life. But kudos to you because, yes, it's the power of words, but it's also the power of your intention and mm. your ambition mm. to have interpreted the words in such a way that to me, to you, they meant, oh, it's on, right? <laughs> I am free and I am going. So congratulations you, to you. Thank you. You also worked with another fashion legend, Monsieur I, Lacroix. I worked with Monsieur Lacroix, which is a completely different animal, <laughs> a completely different machine. I imagine so. Absolutely stunning, absolutely beautiful. Our connection was not as closely or working together as it was with Madame Riquel. Yes. But I nonetheless learned a tremendous amount, and I'm, I'm very grateful. Good for you. So... 
I'm also grateful because I've been lucky enough to work with you and wear your clothing. Yes. I remember when um, a friend of mine who uh, first showed me your designs and it was emotional. I had an immediate <laughs> emotional reaction. Now, a lot of people who know me may say, no, surely an immediate emotional re reaction, impossible. But mm. it, it was true. And that's when I knew because of that emotion and it was deep that I thought, oh, my God, I've, I've got to go see this man. Mm. So then I came to see you. You have absolutely a talent for helping women to look and feel incredibly special. Mm. Do you believe that fashion is a form of beauty? Not only a form of beauty, but also a form of, and I put this in quote, Power, and power not in any way other, but empowering. What I have learned, and I'm still fascinated, is when you shield women or harness them to their physical beauty, it also releases their imagination, their, their intuition, their emotions at a level that beside and way beyond the cloth, what comes out of it, is really interesting. Now, I'm, I'm not creating that. I'm just facilitating it in the room. Be, in fashion, what fascinates me most is finding ways in which, with just fabrics and cloth, to allow a part of a woman that I, among every other people in the room, marvel at, because it's a side of her that sometimes she didn't even know. So I, I, that's, that's the, my favorite part. I love that too. So regarding power, you have said that you want, and I'll quote this, you want women to realize their limitless power through your designs. So how does this type of, I'm going to call it a, a feminism of fashion or fashion feminism. So how does this translate in your mind? You mentioned that you're able to observe that putting on this garment transforms a woman or releases her intuition and imagination. So how does that translate into power for you? Is it they become immediately more confident or what does that mean for you? They become immediately more confident. But for me, the reason why I'm careful with the term feminism, I think that uh, we don't talk about masculinism. <laughs> True. Uh, so the, the term feminism is very uh, reductive and very kind of isolating. I think that women are incredible. Um, whoop, whoop. And, and for me, it's just a vocabulary of humanity. They give birth to everyone, whether you're a man or a woman. Um, the fact that until today we haven't found ways in which we will empower, support, and enhance and affirm them just baffles me a little bit. But the way I look at it is in seeing women really connect to their real power um, is going to be good for everyone, not just women, for everyone. Yes, I do think that with some of the quite sad things that are happening in the world today. I think some of that may stem from the fact that perhaps there are some people who are actually afraid of mm. some women's power. Mm. So that's a, another topic. So <laughs> how do you create or discover inspiration for your new collections? Um, I watch women emote and speak and walk and gaze. And uh, right now what you are doing uh, my suggest the uh, new shape of sleeves. Um, I, I do. Think I love that, that. I never thought that as a plastic surgeon I would, you know, yeah, transition into yeah. becoming a fashion design <laughs> assistant. But okay. Be, be, because <laughs> in reality, even the the music or musicality put apart, 
uh, or put aside, there is a rhythm to what we do, right? Yes, w- even absolutely. Even if it's just walking down the street. And what I tend to do, where Suke is slightly different to other fashion brand, um, garment usually focus on the horizon or the outline of the body. When we try to kind of create when your arms moves up and down all the path that it went through. So where other fashion houses leaves off and land to frame the body, we kind of unleash that and follow the rhythm around the body. Would you consider that your life's purpose? So we were just talking about how fashion frames the outside of the body and how the um, designs of Sukeina look more to the rhythm and where that comes from, which suggests actually honoring the inside of the body and how mm-hmm. it works to Absolutely. express this outer manifestation. Mm-hmm. So would you consider that your life's purpose, why you're here on this earth, why you are in this position, how you ended up here in this beautiful place, Um, of your life, would you consider that your life's purpose may be to help women and soon men to feel powerful in their bodies through your clothing, through your designs? Absolutely. And and, uh, very uh, soon men, but particularly women. I'm quite clear that um, woman is really my calling. Uh, I am doing menswear and I will be doing more of it. But I'm quite clear that for the time being, at least, and for a really long time, my connection to the intensity, the richness of the human, the woman's psyche is just something so fascinating that, yeah, there is nothing like it, I don't think. I would agree with you. I would agree. Um, So shifting gears a little bit, what are some of the pressures that you as an emerging fashion designer face in the industry currently? Uh, many that are practical, but then we will be here till tomorrow because <laughs> the list is long. But I think fundamentally, uh, trying to shift the conversation and not having it be a conversation of that is reactionary or that is a response to. It baffles me that we are in 2019 and I'm of African descent. Africa has infused into the world the way we know it rhythm through dance, colors among through many other the print, things. among many other things. And to have around the table of creation of beauty, mm-hmm. no one that actually can speak of us or to us um, just is kind of incredibly amazing. Yeah. And But the world is shifting and it looks like the need or the understanding of the need of having someone that looks like us address what we need to us seems to be more and more urgent. So um, that's an exciting time. And necessary. I agree. Urgent and necessary. So let's continue along the lines of the conversation. Mm -hmm. There is indeed a new conversation taking place around the global fashion table. And I would also say me being more in the beauty industry and also around the beauty table. What do you want to contribute to that conversation? I want to contribute our voice. I want to contribute a rhythm and a tempo and a breath that we have, not because it's better, but simply because it's other. 
I like that. You know, when you have to fill out some applications and they ask you what your ethnicity is, your your culture, they may say ethnicity and not even culture because I guess that's too broad. And then they list all the different, you know, uh, nationalities and ethnicities. And then there's always one on the bottom that says other. I have more times than not just (laughs) checked off other. It's so difficult to encompass, you know, your essence and your culture and into one one box. I agree. So here's to the people who are out of the box. (laughs) 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 So what innovations or upcoming trends in your industry actually excite you? We talked about the conversation, the global conversation and how um, fashion and beauty are trying to be more inclusive out of necessity because it's just reality. Mm -hmm. So what innovations or um, upcoming trends in your industry really excite you? I am super, super, I'm out of my mind excited (laughs) about the understanding that consumers do have now of their power. Um, I will not mention it, but a lot of fashion houses right now that have made the mistake that they have made many, many, many times in history um, have have had to deal with it this time differently because the consumer now understand and more and more will understand that they will no longer empower someone that is not respecting them or that is not really empowering them in return. And right. that I find very exciting. Or just straight up insulting yes, them yes, or their culture. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I find that quite um, interesting, phenom- isn't yeah, it? Yes. Yeah, it's about time. Yes. So fast fashion, slow fashion, sustainability, um, politically incorrect faux pas by certain fashion houses and brands we will not mention. What do you predict for the fashion of future, for, for the future of fashion? Is it bright? Is it exciting? Sustainability is the future. Yeah. Fast fashion is yesterday, and real, real, real beautiful, beautifully feeling garments is what is going to stay. Fast fashion has happened, and we've seen it, but when women understood that they could have a dress for half the price of lunch, they understood that it didn't mean much after a while. Mm. Uh, And now they're going back to that black dress that may be costly because of the amount of time put into it, but it means something to them. And when they are meeting that gentleman or that time that they have that is precious to them, they cherish that moment. And at the end of the day, it's not about how many and how much you have, is what each one means to you, even if it's one. Yeah. And was it Coco Chanel who said the best things in life are free, but the second best are very expensive? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's quite subjective. Okay, <laughs> so we talked about fast fashion. Now, the last question, the second to last question is called the Fast Five. So I'm just going to give you an and, uh, and two different things and this or that. And you, yes. the first thing that comes to mind, just let me know. Mm. So rice or pasta? Rice. Tuxedo or gown? Gown. Silk or polyester? Silk, of course. <laughs> Vintage or modern? Modern. Chalet or pied-à-terre? Pied-à-terre. Ah, bon, voilà, c'est fini. I should have known those. Those weren't very challenging. Ah, bon, I knew. Okay, the last question that I have for you, and what an honor it has been it's to just speak with you and kiki and chit-chat with these it's loud microphones near us. <laughs> what an honor to have you with us. But the last question I'm going to ask you is called the Fab Five, meaning Mm. what are five of your recommendations for living your most beautiful, fashionable, exuberant, fabulous life? First, and this may sound sickly or whatnot, but it's just the reality of it. 
taking time to, I wish I could call it something else than meditate, but call it whatever you want. But we, you deserve to take a minute to, 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 to recalibrate, to recenter, whatever you need to do before being the wife of, the husband of, the mother of, the whatever of. You need to allow yourself that space where whether you exercise gratitude, whether you like whatever it is going on, you need that. For me, it has been very important to just kind of give me direction before starting anything. That doesn't sound sickly at all. That sounds actually quite the contrary. It sounds very well and very erudite. Okay. Um, (laughs) So for me, that is really super important just in terms of direction. Good food, I believe you must eat every and anything in moderation. And even though in the field that we are in, we believe you should not eat this, you should not eat that. My clients and the women that I know that have been successful at really keeping a certain diet kind of eat everything, (laughs) but they're not frustrated, so they end up not eating too much of anything. So the whole idea that there are things you should not touch Touch them with, a friend said, with love, but, but do it. <laughs> do it all but, uh, so that you don't have to do it too much. And then really allow your senses to surprise you. That that you like, that you know you like, there are things that you may like that you don't know yet. Um, go with caution. Move slowly. Go at your own rhythm. But try silk. Try things that are nice. And remember... Go to stores that are selling things that you may not think you can afford because we are not yet charging to try them on. Um, and and, and it's just because right now you, want, you may not have the pocket to buy them doesn't mean you have the pocket to try them. Uh, growing up, I remember we would be walking at uh, the Place Vendôme in Paris or on Madison Avenue in, right. in New York. Right. And we would walk down the street with my mom and I will see a coat that was in sable, I don't know, some kind of outrageous <laughs> I prices. <love> <laughs> and I would be looking at it and I will stop her and say, I want to go and look at it. She knew that I was very, very uh, curious. So, so she'll indulge and said, fine, we can go and look at it. When we go into the store, I'm looking at it. It's in the window. Yes. And I finally call one of the sales help, uh, person yeah. and ask if I could try it. Oh, wow. So they're looking at, I was really young yes. and they're looking at me like, are you sure? But, but I was with an adult. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, you should not do that because there were no way on earth I would be buying that. Yeah. Or, that would be her buying it and right. she won't be buying that. Right. And she's like, no, you cannot. I'm like, of course I can. Of no, course. you can't. We're not buying it. I say, I didn't say we're buying it. Yeah. I just say, I want to try it. Right. Finally, after back and forth, yes. they indulge. They took it off the window. Yeah. Here I am, this bit tall, trying on a sable coat. Full length. And I put it on. And you felt and like a king. It. And and then she just for conversation would yeah. ask them how much is it? And it was some outrageous prices. When I took it off and I said, But I don't like it anyway. <laughs> what it did for me. Yes. I didn't know. I was just doing it from a childlike uh, curiosity. Yes. Things like that are still informing That's right. my palette of a designer. That's right. The world is really your school to learn from. And if we break from this mentality of I must own it mm. to enjoy it, no, you don't. You don't. 
You, you, you really don't uh, touch things. Feel, I still touch people when yeah. I like them. Yeah. I still talk to people. Yes. I smell at things yeah. um, because the world is your oyster and that's how I look at it. So I strongly believe that the more we experiment, um, we might experience things and discover self. That sounds uh, a bit Buddhist of you. Try not to have any attachments <laughs> to the physical things that you think may give you pleasure one day, but the absence of them may bring you pain. Mm. So, okay, so the first one was to meditate. The second was to eat good food in moderation. And the third one you said was to be sensual, to allow your senses to surprise you. What mm. are your last two recommendations for living a fabulous life? Fashion. Of course, mais bien sûr, but of course. <laughs> and beauty in general. Hey, give it up for the beauty people in the <laughs> house. Thank you. So fashion, wear it, love it, feel it, touch it. Touch it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and beauty, just embody it and give it give it back in return. Yes. 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 Thank Monsieur you so much. Salam. <laughs> Merci pour Merci tout. Je t'adore. What a pleasure. <laughs> I hope to see you again soon, I if it's so not too. here at the podcast station <laughs> <laughs> or at the core club, then um, certainly at the atelier. At the atelier. That would be always a pleasure. À très bientôt, j'espère. Bisous, bisous. Merci. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> so thank you for listening to today's podcast with Omar Salam of the Sukaina Fashion House. And as always, stay beautiful inside and out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place. <laughs>